I'm Gray Thompson. You are listening to The Gray Zone. Beer Vergnügen! The Gray Zone. I feel better just saying that. Welcome to The Gray Zone. You're trapped in it, like it or not. I'm joined by my dear friend uh, and good college football buddy, Chad Filchek, Notre Dame superfan. Chad, welcome back. Well, thank you very much for having me back. Chad, where are we right now? We are Hans and Franz, my Hans friend. and Franz Beer Garden. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, we are. We are outside enjoying this crisp, perfect, just picturesque fall day here on, on a Friday. Like, it's very late. So thank you for being here. This is going to be a different episode because it's so late in the week. But we've got to get it done, and I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Happy to be here. Happy with your Irish right now? Pretty much, yes, yeah. You, say it. Yeah? Go Irish. Go Irish. Okay, there you go. Um... I'm trying to think. You know what? Let's break down some of the news that happened this week. So first first things first, the AAC is expanding to, what is it, 14 teams now? Yes. They I added a bunch that. of teams. Yes. So they're going to add, uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I'm not looking. So they're adding, oh, my God, why can't I remember any of them right now? So UAB, the University of Alabama, Birmingham, which is great, good for them. That was a team that didn't exist a few years ago, and now they're back with a vengeance, and they, they've earned this new position. Um, they're adding... Uh, Charlotte, UNC, the the University of North Carolina. Charlotte. (laughs) Yes, they are. Good for them. Good for Charlotte. Congratulations. Um, I know those might not be the best examples of why we should call it Power Six now, but we should. The AAC has been playing competitive football for the better part of a decade. Uh, People have noticed but not paid, frankly, enough attention. This is something to celebrate. The Mountain West has sort of turned some things down, but basically what's happening is the AAC is doing what the Mountain West did out West with Boise State and teams like that, and otherwise we're in good shape. I'm excited about it. Yeah, Liz is here taking awesome care of us. Thanks, Liz. Hi, guys. (laughs) (laughs) This place, real quick, Hans and Franz Beer Garden. If you ever come, say, for example, to Greenville, South Carolina, the upstate of the Palmetto State, for a football game like for Clemson, make your way out to Hans and Franz. Make your way out here. To, it's right at the corner of Pelham and 14. It's picturesque. It's beautiful. Adi has all the sports stuff on TV all the time. When I say all, this, all the sports stuff, I mean worldwide. Adi is a hero. He's a saint. He's amazing. I don't see him here now, but he's great. And I love all the support that we at FET Greenville have gotten from Adi. Uh, in case you didn't know, the Gray Zone is in FET Greenville Magazine every single week. The number one magazine in Greenville, South Carolina at FETGreenville.com. Everything is digital. Everything is free, just like you and me in the United States of America. God bless. God bless. And God bless Hans and Franz. Outstanding German food and outstanding wings that they have to marinate overnight. Adi doesn't mess around with football. He doesn't mess around with anything. You know, I, I'm going to have to stop myself from just talking about Hans and Franz. That's an acorn falling on the tin roof of the little shack that he built for us to record out here. How cool is that? Awesome. <laughs> very, very cool. Uh, and happy day off, man. I'm glad you could join me here today. Me too, sir. So me we too. got through the AAC. T- again, we didn't talk too much about it, but I'm really, it's good news. It's really great news for the sport. Power 5 is stupid. 5 is a stupid number. No matter how much the playoff expands, 5 is dumb. We need to start making making a point to include these other teams. Yeah, I get it. 
you see Cincinnati, the Bearcats, have been successful enough to get invited to the Big 12, kind of like TCU did not that long ago, right? Um, it's, it's good. UCF, same thing. They were great. Now they're going to the Big 12. Okay. What do you want to say about the ACC that the AAC can't do? Win a title? Okay. Is that their fault? It, it isn't, and it shouldn't be. If they've been competitive long enough. You should be paying more attention. I'm not saying there's a conspiracy. All I'm saying is if you haven't been watching the AAC, now you've got more in reason than ever. University of Alabama, Birmingham, for example, we just mentioned them. They built a new stadium this year. That program has gotten support behind them, and rightly so. They've done it the right way. They deserve this, this giant golden age of the sport we're in, Chad, deserves to be better celebrated by more people there is enough money and time and tv to go around absolutely so i'm super excited about it how do you feel about it kids that's what i thought those are the co-eds at um unc charlotte i believe oh yes and and to go back to your point because i and i admit i had to look it up so i'm not that smart um charlotte fau north texas rice uab as you already mentioned and UTSA are the new members. UTSA, the Roadrunners, baby, who continue their undefeated streak. Anybody else upset about that? Not me. Nope. They're going to do it again this weekend, like it or not. It's important that you mention that because, for example, North Texas. Where's North Texas? They're in Dallas. Okay. Where's Charlotte? They're in Charlotte, obviously, right? What the AAC did was deliberately pick teams that have these hungry markets, right? These markets that can help support and encourage growth, not just in their respective schools and the league itself, but the sport at large. It's kind of a masterstroke that I'm not the guy who's qualified to best explain why. Hopefully, it won't be on me to explain it to you anyway. This is the kind of move that deserves attention from broadcasters and from channels to have more of their games on television, right? It's as simple as that. It's going to happen. I say like it or not. Why would you not like it? It's dumb. There's more good football than ever. Yeah, I don't expect you to watch UTSA beat the crap out of Rice last weekend, but that doesn't mean they're not exciting and fun and don't deserve it. It's interesting that these teams are on the eastern half of the seaboard, so to speak. Like Again, there's some separation between the Mountain West and the AAC right now in spite of being called the American Athletic Conference, but... I'm okay with it. They've had they've they've shown a clear and deliberate path to what they're trying to do, and it deserves to be celebrated. Exactly. In a weird way, so does LSU for the way they quote unquote fired <laughs> fired coach Ed Orgeron. Yeah, that was something. It's still something. They I called it last week that if they don't beat Florida, they're probably gonna fire Coach Orgeron on Sunday. They fired him anyway, but LSU won. (laughs) Right. Uh, That's what was surprising to me. But little did we know, but I read about this after the fact, was that after they got, quote, embarrassed by Kentucky, they'd already already approached him then. So it didn't matter what he did against Florida, apparently. What mattered what he did was the things that he did poorly, like hitting on one of the wives of an LSU official while she was pregnant. He did some really bad stuff that was irrespective of maybe the football field. He also didn't get behind his players last year for the social movement stuff that the players that was really important to them standing up for it. And we'll get to another facet of that here in a second. But Ed Orgeron didn't do his job. When you're paid $8 million a year or whatever it is, you've got to do vastly better than just win games. Agreed. But the way they let him go, the way that they're handling this firing is 
frankly, unprecedented. It's kind of really neat. I'm not saying the guy didn't deserve to be buried. I don't like to see people get buried anyway. I don't. I don't. I don't care. You know, I don't love LSU, but they're going to let him coach out the rest of the year, which may be hit or miss. But in terms of how they're treating him, I think it's pretty neat. It, it's pretty cool. Like it could be easily worse, and a lot of other coaches get fired mid-season for the wrong reasons, right? right. LSU also doesn't have a good interim candidate. I'm not saying they're just doing this because it's the right thing to do. They don't really have another guy. So they can't just say, you know what, you're gone. Again, LSU, Coach Orgeron has turned that staff around left and right. He hired Bo Pelini, which was mostly because of his mentor, Pete Carroll, telling him that Bo Pelini is a good guy to look into. But from what I understand, Coach O didn't really look into Bo Pelini, didn't vet him enough. Again, a lot of problems behind the scenes where Coach O doesn't deserve an $8 million job at the one of the biggest and best jo- sports jobs in the sport, so to speak. For example, Chad, name the last LSU coach that didn't win a national title. That's that's a good one. Uh, I don't know because it was Miles before him who yes. did, and then it was Saban before him. Coach Nick Saban, that's right. And then uh, before that, I, I don't know. That's, that's like 20 years ago. I'm not sure, if I'm being honest. LSU was Alabama's homecoming team. They were a whipping post for a lot of teams in the SEC for a long, long, long time. Basically, I don't remember them being good, but... I was not happy when Alabama hired Coach Nick Saban from the Dolphins because, to me, he was always the the coach at LSU who won a title there who I couldn't stand because LSU, of all teams, isn't supposed to be beating Alabama. And Nick Saban beat everybody. And I didn't like it. I wasn't excited to see LSU all of a sudden do good for the first time in my lifetime while Alabama was doing bad. And then we hired a coach to replace Coach Shula, who I thought was doing really good. And they fired everybody, including Coach Dabo Sweeney, who was the wide receivers coach at the time, I believe. And don't quote me on that, but it was frustrating for me at the time when they hired Nick Saban. Next thing you know, he goes, what, 5-7, and 6-6? Seven, six and six? All of those wins were rescinded for penalties with giving players $200 extra for turning in their books or something stupid. Like, it was a bad time for Alabama. And uh, the rest is history, right? But we forget that period of transition. I digress. LSU hasn't had a head coach not win a national title game since before Nick Saban. That's crazy. LSU is only going to make a home run hire. They're not going to hire a guy you've never heard of. I mentioned Joe Moorhead before we started the podcast. You haven't heard of him, and that's why they're not going to hire him. They're going to come after Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney's going to turn him down. He's going to turn him down publicly, and that's the right thing to do. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's also the right thing to do to offer him the job. It'll get Dabo paid, too. Clemson will put up the money. And you know what? Frankly, he's underpaid if you look at how much he's done for Clemson in the city. Right. True. Candidates include Luke Fickle, who I don't think is a legitimate candidate. Um, It includes just about any big name you can think of. You mentioned before we start. In fact, you mentioned this yesterday. Coach Matt Rule at the Charlotte, North Carolina Panthers. That's a great potential hire. Joe Brady, who's also at the Carolina Panthers. I'm sorry, the Charlotte, North Carolina Panthers. I want to make sure that I get the name right, Chad. <laughs> of course. Yes, let's give it a name. Yeah, you hear that? You hear that, Panthers fans? You're in Charlotte. Deal with it. And support UNC Charlotte and congratulate them on their on their bid for the AAC. I digress. I don't I don't know who LSU is going to hire. The only thing I do know is they're not going to do what SoCal did and hire an interim guy and keep him there for seven years while they're waiting to figure out what they're going to do before they announce that he's fired so that they can do something else. It's not the same. Like it or not, LSU is going to make a home run hit. 
It might happen before the end of the season. In the meantime, Coach O's going to flesh it out. The players don't love him. The players don't want to play for him. I don't know what that means this weekend. I feel like I'm talking too much about it, but it's just kind of a neat way that he got fired rather than how embarrassing. No, it's, it really no, could it be was, much worse. It was all very amicable. It yeah. really was. Let's it was, put it this way. The last game of the year, whatever game that is, I don't know on the schedule, but they're going to have a standing ovation for him. A standing ovation. Get it? Right. <laughs> oh, you get it. <laughs> I mean, he did win him a title, so I mean, he should get some credit, so I, I agree with you. Not just won him a title, and I have a problem with this, but I understand it, saying that that team was arguably one of the best teams the sport has ever seen. Again, I could cite the Alabama game and the mistakes and the ghosts that Alabama was playing again all day long. Rather, all I'm trying to say is I'm not sure they were the best team ever, but they did the best stuff that you had to do to be considered that in the first place. Rather than they just won a title, like when Tennessee did it 30 years ago or whatever it was. Like It was kind of a fluke. And it was obviously irrespective of not having a playoff. They wouldn't have won in a playoff. It just wouldn't have happened. This LSU team probably would, and they did. Yeah. It throttled Clemson, right? Oh, I, yeah. I was not prepared for that, honestly. I really wasn't. In fact, I expected and told people Clemson was going to win. But they earned it, and oh, he did. earned what he got, and now he's also earning what he's going to get from LSU by being fired. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, another coach got fired, the coach at Washington State. Can you name him? No. I, I read the story, and it was all fine. It was I don't even know COVID, why. Yeah. It was all COVID related, and it was kind of just sad, interesting. Yeah, like not just him, but like four. I think four other coaches. Yeah, on his a staff. bunch of assistants. A bunch so of assistants. It's, it's Rolovich. I can't remember his first name anymore, but it's okay. I like to call coaches coach. It's yeah. a, coaches deserve a certain level of respect, in my point of view. So I, I say Coach Sweeney, Coach Saban, and Coach Rolovich. Frankly, I don't think he deserves what. Look, let's put it this way. The state of Washington for all state employees has a policy like a lot of the other states do right now where he had to get immunized. And he didn't want to on religious purposes, religious reasons that are unclear. What Rolovich didn't do ever, what he hasn't done, is come out and speak publicly about what his thoughts are, what his mindset is, why he's not going to do it. Meanwhile, and this is why I bring it up. His players did. His players bought in. His players did more than just get vaccinated. They've worked their butts off to be able to play football for a coach who wasn't willing to get a shot in the arm that's safe. We can argue about whether or not it's worth it all day long. Part of the problem for me, and again, I don't mean to make this a triggering issue, but this argument about, well, how can you support people being forced to take vaccinations, Gray? It's like, well, I don't, but you didn't do it on your own. Like, they had to make a law for seatbelts because it's not like you were wearing them in the first place. Right? That's okay? true. We do this. But this is a private thing for a state where you are paid to do that. And you have the right not to work for this university. You don't have the right to work for this state and say, I'm not going to get this free, safe shot. You don't have that right. And that's exactly what happened. Now it sounds like he's suing Washington State. Again, he hasn't said anything about this. It's just from his lawyer. It sounds toxic. It sounds problematic. I don't really know enough to, about him like I do about a lot of other coaches who are great leaders who are, frankly, betting on the opposite and encouraging their players to get the shot and, and, and doing it first. And look, coming out the other side, okay, have you ever heard of a coach in the sport who got a shot who had negative adverse reactions? Who no. died, for example, from it, or who can't see? Again, I'm, I'm, no. 
people go really stupid on it, so I'm trying not to go stupid on it either. But frankly, it's not too much to ask. That's all there is to it. You're paid $8 million or whatever to take a risk, and it's not that much of a risk. It really isn't. These are universities, too. Frankly, I think it's it's their responsibility to encourage more people about health, safety, and science. It's as simple as that. I, I don't love it for them. But I don't, and I don't know who their interim is. But now there's a job opening at Washington State, so maybe that's something that Joe Moorhead, for example, who's not a big name, who obviously probably isn't a contender for the LSU job, to go take it. You know, it's not yeah. a bad place to be. Like we saw uh, Gardner Minshew tear it up. Mike Leach made those games exciting. Obviously, didn't have incredible success. He never competed for the Pac-12 title, but still, it wasn't boring. I, I, all I want, I, I know a lot of people again. A little bit of a tangent here. Everybody wants to figure out who the top four is. It's so stupid to me. Like, I don't... Part of me loves the playoff. The other part of me is like, I wish we didn't have it just because it, it makes people not give enough fair attention to the regular season and games like the Apple Cup. You know, things like that that, like, we should pay attention to Washington State when Mike Leach was there because it was just fun. It was just good. It wasn't bad. It wasn't boring. It wasn't a waste of your time at all whatsoever. No, his teams were always very exciting, and they scored a lot of points. I remember that. And they were just... They were neat. Anyway... Washington State isn't a job where you go to die. It's it's where you can go to live, thrive, move on, do something else. And Rolovich doesn't have those opportunities anymore. I don't know what else to say about it. I'm not happy about it, but that was in the news this week, so that's why we're talking about it. Yep, it was. Is there anything else in the news this week that I can think? I can't think of off the top of my head? Not really. I mean, there's the rumors swirling about it, this guy or that guy from LSU, but who who knows as far as the new coaching candidate? It's Liz, you need the beer? Just one, please. Thank you, Liz. You're the um, best. Um, we were just talking to Liz. She was she was working with a catering company um, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Coincidentally enough, she's a Chicago girl. She's a Bears fan. She loves hockey. She's super cool. But she was there when Alabama hosted Texas A and M, which is interesting because I was there. I only go to one game a year for Alabama, Chad. But it it was interesting because that was I talked about this last week that was when they celebrated the 25 year anniversary for the 1992 Alabama championship team with Gene Stallings and Dabo Sweeney who got a standing ovation and it was incredible I still get goosebumps just talking about it but yeah roll tide it was a cool moment that's all it's a small world and it deserves to be celebrated so I'm glad I'm doing it here with you as am I. We don't have to talk too much about the games from last weekend because we're recording on a Friday. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. Well, we can just, uh, it wasn't a lot, except uh, the biggest thing would have been uh, the big upset, Purdue upsetting Iowa. Now, you may have seen this coming. Did you? I kind of wondered because the thing is, and they, they even did this to Notre Dame. Um, That's why. I mean, one of the guys on game day pointed out that Every game this season, Purdue has actually outgained their opponents yard wise. And they did another game too. We just right. we just haven't beat them by two touchdowns. Wow. But you know, which also makes us our strength schedule looks great. So I'm like, go boilermakers. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do, man. They beat the number two team in the country. That's that's just their milieu. That's where they thrive. Yeah. I mean it's yeah. And Iowa was no offense to Iowa. They deserved all the accolades they were getting. And for a guy like me, and I think for you too. I love seeing defenses define their team. We'll talk about a few more of those here in a minute, but that's who Iowa was. That's who they have been for three decades now, arguably. Oh, yeah. That's who they were this year to a T. They were defined by their defenses, yeah. turnovers, and stoppage, and right. not being able to score, right? They just weren't able to score much at all. Purdue was able to sling the ball like they did again at, right. Notre, Dame. Well, I say at Notre Dame, but 
Yeah, that was at Notre Dame. I was thinking of Wisconsin again for some reason because that game was electric too. But again, same kind of problem. They just can't score very much, and it's not enough. Right. Purdue yeah. can. <laughs> they can, yeah, because their their wide receiver Bell was was back, and I mean he did catch a lot. And that's par- probably part of the reason why you know we won when we did was because, uh, albeit a legal hit because there was no penalties, <laughs> we did kind of knock them out of the game uh, like that second half, and you know I think he dirty. Had a or something. dirty. Oh yeah, it was terrible. Those dirty know. Fighting Irish. Yeah. I know, they right? Call them the Fighting Irish. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Go Irish. Play like a champion today. Oh yeah, go Irish. <laughs> um, but yeah, but they had Bell, and uh, like like you said. I mean, it was uh, the only thing about the only thing about Iowa. I was honestly, I was kind of pulling for them. I was kind of looking forward to seeing them. I thought it would have been cool if it would have been made the playoffs. You know, just somebody else was in there. They've never made it. I was kind of pulling for them. I'm not a particular Iowa fan, but I thought, hey, there's somebody new. That, that'd be cool. Good for them. Their coach has been around for. He's been. Ferentz has been there for what? Twenty years? Thirty years? Um, who? Isn't it Ferentz? Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, yes. um, yeah. He's a been there a time. long time. Yeah, so. You know, so it was a little, I was a, you know, I was kind of a little disappointed for them. Then I was kind of happy for Notre Dame because I was like, oh, well, you know, Purdue's going to be ranked now. That's going to give, that's going to help our strength <laughs> of schedule. So I kind of, you know, kind of looked at it both ways. So, but yeah, but that's about the only real big game I think there was last weekend, right? Big upset. No, what are you talking about? Again, you're talking to the wrong guy. I'll, I'll talk to you about big games all week. I all know right. nobody wants to hear about the Roadrunners beating the hell out of Rice, but that to me was a big game. I, I can understand why people don't want to talk anymore about Syracuse hosting Clemson on a Friday night. But that was a big game on a Friday night, which just pleases the gray, right? It makes me happy. It brings me great joy. The game didn't. Clemson eked out a win. Um, Justin Ross caught a touchdown that wasn't called a touchdown. There was weird stuff all over the place. And Gata, who was great, is not playing this weekend, it sounds like. That's a problem because he's arguably been their most consistent catcher on the field. Thank you, Liz. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get into Clemson later. Yeah, well, yeah. Well. Syracuse was who we thought they were. Pretty much, Clemson was won, like I told you they would. Right, right. <laughs> I didn't think they covered the spread, and I was right. I mean, they're just yeah. You know what? Go Tigers! Yeah, go Tigers! Wow. There you go. Take what you can get. Exactly. A win is a win is a win. Hey, my team is not doing that much better this year. Exactly. We we eked out a win, you know, a lot, this the last time we talked. We were at Virginia Tech on the road. and That's right. We had to put our starter slash, as I like to call him, relief pitcher, because they pulled him out of the first two series because he just wouldn't get anything done. Put him back in for the last two series. Went up winning the game by three with, like, time expiring. So, you know, a win's a win is the kind of way I'm looking at it. You so. know what's interesting? You mentioned the bye week. Michigan was also on a bye week, and I have, like, this – this sort of nightmare scenario in my head where during the bye week, uh, big conglomerations of Notre Dame and Michigan fans get together in a, a basement somewhere and have like this big BDSM party where they just, it's debauchery and it's just great because you know, the, in public they hate each other, but man, behind closed doors on a bye week, it's not a coincidence to me, Chad. It's just not. I, I have I have no comment on that. <laughs> you liked my guest last week, Tabs. 
Yeah. Right, Tabitha? Yeah. Uh, what is it? Tabs, go Tabs Blue? Or I, can't, I, I hate that I can't remember. I'm not looking at it. Yeah, I mean. Thank you again, Tabitha, if you're listening. You're, you were awesome. That was one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Yeah, great. no, she seemed she seemed pretty I mean, she was a little misguided in, in what team she liked, in my my opinion. But besides for that, she, she seemed really great. She seemed pretty knowledgeable. I mean, you know, so. She's, she's super knowledgeable. Yeah. I encourage more people to find more people like that. It's go Tabs Big Blue, I think. Whatever. You Something can figure like, it out. Yeah. She's popular. She represents the blue really well, and I can she appreciate does. that. I she think does. even even if you can too, that's all it goes without saying. Yeah, right. Say no more. Right. Um, but yeah, that you, whatever y'all did on your filthy bi week excursions is uh, none of my business. So t- let's just let it slide. Let's just move on. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Michigan's going to beat Northwestern this weekend, and SoCal we'll get to in a minute is going to get beaten by Notre Dame. Um, Alabama throttled Michigan. I'm sorry, Miss- I-, I did this last week. Mississippi State. Yes. On the road in Stark Vegas. There's not again. Everybody kind of saw it coming. Um, oh yeah. Alabama's defense was suffocating. Mr. Anderson from the Matrix. I swear to God, Will Anderson comes from another world. He had uh, what four, five sacks. It might even be more than that. So I'm not trying to give anybody extra credit, but he was literally outstanding. He was fantastic. Yeah, against a Mississippi State team that's maybe not the best offensive line in the country. Sure, I get it. But it, it brings me great joy to see defenses, any defense really, throttle a team like that and be definitive and determinate and to have, uh, I think they had three interceptions? It may have been two. One of them for, was a pick six, which was awesome. I love pick sixes. It's so exciting to me. I love to see defensive guys score. It means a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch that. Um I forgot what else I was going to say about that. Oh, there's nothing better. So those Cowboys were loud. I don't know how big Mississippi State Stadium is. It's a weird stadium. It's kind of smaller. It's a weird shape. They don't. That whole end zone is just a TV is where it you shaped walk like an out egg? under the grass. Yeah. They say what? Is it shaped like an egg? Oh, <laughs> boom. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> exactly <Okay>. right. <laughs> Sorry, egg bowl. No, I totally nice. get yeah. it. You're spot on. Good job. Yeah. Thank Thanks you. for listening. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, to hear, to see all these people carry around. Look, there's no such thing as a, a lightweight cowbell, right? Even the ones that you buy in the bookstore, they're kind of heavy. But a lot of these people have hand-me-down, like, heirloom cowbells that are adorned with jewels and made with wood and all this other stuff. They're heavy. And they make a lot of noise. And as the game progresses, those people are having to stand there with their cowbell. Because you can't just put it down. Something could happen to it, right? Or it could get stolen. Who knows? But as the cowbells get quieter, I love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I just want to go back to one thing. Real Please. Quick. Are you seriously telling me mm-hmm. that in their bookstore they sell cowbells? Oh, are you? Yeah. That just say Mississippi State University on them. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, okay. it's, it's a tradition there, Chad. Okay. Sure. All right. Okay. I, I'm trying to think of other ones that you could do. You know, you can get... Um, I don't know where you could get your all-in chips for Clemson, for example, like because that's a novelty now, but... It's interesting. I forget his name, and I hate to say it, but I, I met the guy who invented the Clemson all-in chip right here at Hans and Franz. Right? Oh, nice. So he's from Greenville. He deserves all the credit, and I hate that I can't remember his name. We'll ask Jace Bybee when he gets here. However, yeah, Jeremy. yeah, you get you buy your pom-poms. What's the difference? Of course you can buy a cowbell at the bookstore. In okay. Vegas. All right. Just... It is what it is. But again... It gets heavy when your team's not winning, right, <laughs> and you have right. to stand there and hold it. Right. Doesn't exactly fit in your pocket, you know what I'm saying? No, Dad? I would think not. No. So by the fourth quarter, to hear, see all those fans still there, but it's kind of quiet. It's just, not just this hear like person. a lowly little cowbell like <laughs> off in the distance. <laughs> I mean, but let's be honest, that game was not a surprise at all because I don't know what team could have possibly beat Alabama 
the week after Alabama just lost. Because you know that extra fire that Saban had and all his guys had and the team had? I mean, I just don't see who would have beaten him. I mean, they just I almost felt bad for whatever team has to has to play Alabama the next week because they're out for blood and and they were and they did a great job and they beat the crap out of them like you said. I mean, it just they just did. It was... I understand the intangibles being out for blood, wanting revenge. What I really want to see is the best teams play at their best. Alabama was certainly more at their best. Their defense was not unstoppable this night, in spite of how good they were. However, their offense was really crazy and and making good plays and. Bryce Young got sacked a few times for sure. That offensive line wasn't at their best. But I just want to see that more often. More great teams play at their best. Mississippi State had to settle for three field goals. That's where all their points came from. Alabama scored 49 points. So roll tide. Ohio State throttled. I forget who was. Who were they on the road? Was it Maryland or something? Yeah. I, I only mentioned it because nobody's paying attention to Ohio State in spite of how good they were are doing right now because of Oregon. Oregon beat Cal, which was... Interesting, and now they're going to play. Wait a second, you still, yeah. yeah. So they yes. beat Cal. Now they're going to be like Cal at LA. Yeah, right. So I, I love how we like, con- consider these completely different programs, which they are. But it's just interesting to me. That's all. Nothing else. Yeah, college game day is going to be there. That's this week. pretty cool. Yeah, um, good for them. And next week, I think college game day is going to be there for Michigan versus Michigan State. Uh, yeah, as long as neither one of them lose, which I don't think is going to happen. I think you're right on. That should be a great game. I'm not really sure. In a case like that, for me being the Notre Dame fan, I'm not really sure, you know, who I would actually root for. But I would probably still, you know, I'd still, you know, watch watch the game at least a little. Wait, bit. wait, wait! Explain that to me real quick. I understand Notre Dame fans have a hate for Michigan. I totally get it. I think we all get that. But Michigan State, really, do you hate them too? Because Michigan hates Michigan State. I don't love them. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, if they were, if, if they were down in a ditch, would I help them? I'd have to think about it. Oh, my it. God. What's wrong with I you? Mean, like, you're a Catholic. I mean, like, <laughs> Michigan, for sure, no. I'd be like, enjoy the ditch. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't love them. I, I, you know, they, they've had some memorable wins against us, and they're the ones who, true. a few years back, I think it was when Kelly was still the coach, actually, um, one of their little punk players, when they actually beat us on our home side, actually took the flag, or took their flag and planted in the middle of our 50-yard line. One of those things is really disrespectful. One of those things you really don't, you know, no, that's just not cool. You, you shouldn't do that on any opponents. So you can't see this, but we're yeah. pointing to Lord James Curry Spivey right here, right now. What's up, sir? Can I interrupt? Yeah, always. Come on in. <laughs> yeah. Let's. Um, you know what? You know, it's just time to move on. Let's quickly just go on. We don't need to talk as much about last week. Let's go into this week with a little bit of foresight about what we think might happen. So, for example, I think Clemson on Sunday morning is going to say, wow, that's crazy. We went to Pitt for the first time and we won. DJU was outstanding. Justin Ross was catching everything. And God, it didn't play, but we still did great. Okay. There we go. (laughs) So consider talking about the games this week that way. Alabama, let's start there. Okay. Roll Tide. Alabama's homecoming. They host Tennessee. Tennessee started Tennessee hate week off real nice and real early by throwing trash onto their own field because of a blown play call. Now, listen, I understand complaining about SEC refs. They haven't been great at their job this year at all. They've really struggled in a lot of games. Every single weekend, we can see examples of how we've got to figure out something to make these refs perform better. I don't know what the solution is, 
But what we've seen in the past, Chad, every team has had to struggle against the refs. You've got to beat the refs, too. But we've seen determinant penalties for teams to lose national title games that were more, more egregious than this, and those teams didn't throw trash onto their own home field. Leave it to Tennessee to embarrass the entire sport. Leave it to the SEC to not penalize them nearly enough. They fined them $250,000. Tennessee yep. made, like, $40 million last week. It's a blink. They don't care. Right. They're going to use the video to try to find the quote-unquote few fans who did this. I know it's not all Tennessee fans. I know some fans were more upset about it. More than a few, though. I, I it watched, was more than I a few. I was watching that at the end of that game. I was like, oh, well, this should be over in, like, a minute. Let me just watch this. Then all of a sudden they started throwing trash on the field. And they all, like, they're, what was it? Uh... uh Ole Miss. Um, That's right. Uh, Kiffin. Kiffin. Yeah, he got a golf ball thrown at him. There's it wasn't trash, even a like... Titleist. It was some lame off-brand ball. Yeah, that no. You know they play with in Knoxville. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. It, yeah, it was bad. It was, and it was just a painful 20 minutes, like, just watching more and more fans just throw stuff on me. There was a lot of fans. It was ridiculous. They, they cleared the student section, but I don't think it was just all the students. I think it was people who, you know... We're old enough to know better, but didn't know better. They cleared throwing... the band. They cleared the cheerleaders. They oh, yeah. cleared the sidelines. Oh, yeah. It was pathetic. It was And it rightly was so. There should, you should never be afraid at yeah. a football game like that. I've yeah. seen some bad stuff. It, it, was, yeah, it was embarrassing. I've seen some bad stuff at Georgia games, at LSU games, for example. I've never seen anything like this. And everybody, A lot of people, it's not that bad. It was a mustard bottle. That mustard bottle was an heirloom. That mustard bottle was somebody's sacred family treasure. <laughs> this is Tennessee we're talking about. <laughs> Some of the trash is important to them, and they're never going to get that mustard bottle back. Maybe not, yeah. Might have been their kid's Christmas present. <laughs> Might have been their kid's mustard bottle. I don't know, Chad. You just never know. But it's not going to be at their yeah. wedding, yeah. which, you know, Tennessee fans get married in the fall on Saturdays. Yeah. That's well, who they are. Nothing better to do. I disagree. Anyway, so. Tennessee so, versus Alabama. Um, this is homecoming week. Homecoming week. Alabama right. is, surprise, surprise, a 25-point favorite. Yep, that's not and enough. I'm, I'm going to go with they're going to cover the spread. I am, too. Um, yeah, I mean, that's after the way they lost last week, whatever fight Tennessee had in them, I don't think it would matter that much against Alabama, especially on the road. But Alabama's just scoring too many points, plus Tennessee's quarterback, Kenan Hooker, is hurt. He's not at 100% at all. Now you've got this Alabama team who's playing homecoming at home, and they're hungry, and that defense is going to get to him. Will Anderson is going to get tackles. Tennessee plays with a tempo that Nick Saban doesn't like. Sorry, Coach Saban. Deal with it. You're going to have to beat him real bad, and it's going to happen. I'm not sorry, Tennessee. It's Tennessee Hate Week. we got a special interview here that we we, we just got to let this fly. Uh, man, I hate Tennessee because, first of all, it's Tennessee. Yeah. And I, I, I just hate them because they, they, they low down. They low down. They dirty. They dirty. They some snitches. Mm-hmm. And I hate Philip Farmer. Yeah. I hate their colors. I'm not a dog person. I, I just hate Tennessee, man. Like, and I, I hate Nay- Nayland Stadium. Yeah. It looks like a garbage truck worker convention. Looks like. And I hate all their quarterbacks. <laughs> I just, I hate Tennessee, man. Describe, their, describe what you feel about their colors, too. It, it, it reminds me, it, and it's not that orange that you can stand. See, I hate Tennessee more than I hate Auburn. Yeah, me too. I just dislike Auburn. I hate Tennessee. Right. See, Tennessee's colors is it's that, it's that throw up orange. Cool. It's not that orange that you can sit with. It's that puke inside of a pumpkin <laughs> orange. That I, and I don't like pumpkins. <laughs> it's that puke inside of a pumpkin orange, and I don't even like pumpkins. 
Okay? It's not that I hate orange. It's that I hate Tennessee orange. Am I clear about that, Chad? You're clear, sir. That wasn't me. That was one... That was a voice of millions right there, basically. Yes. The millions have spoken. Wait. There. I was looking for this. He deserves all the accolades, all the applause. That's all we're going to hear from him this week. But it's Tennessee hate week, so it's okay to say Alabama's going to throttle them. Oh, I don't see any hope for Tennessee to even beat the spread. They might. Again, Hendon Hooker has been kind of a revelation at Tennessee, but he's kind of hurt. Coach Josh Heupel has done pretty good. But, he has. But this I, is Alabama playing at their best, so roll time. I'm gonna, yeah, if I was going to make a score prediction, I would say 49-14 Alabama. Okay. 49-14? Yeah. You think Tennessee's going to score touchdowns? You never know. Chad, you're going to have their second and third string in by the fourth quarter. That okay. can happen. That's, we've had enough of Chad. Let's, uh, <laughs> thank you for being here today, buddy. <laughs> Goodbye. 96-0. That's <laughs> more like it. <laughs> um, let's move on. You know what? Just, let's go with what you got on your sheet. I'm not even going to look at these. Show me what, tell me what you got. Because what's really interesting about this particular week, Chad, there are no ranked teams playing ranked teams. Now, whether or not that's legitimate or not is incidental to me. I just think it's neat. There are zero rank versus rank matchups outright. Right. And yet, there's not. So yeah. a lot of people, oh, there's not a lot of good football. Are you kidding me? You come to the wrong place. There's a ton of good football this weekend. No, because in the spread on some of these games that rank versus unrank, it's, it's not much. So there's, yeah, they're expecting a lot of close games. Oregon so. at UCLA for game day. It's another good example. Chip yeah. Kelly, the former Oregon coach who took them to unprecedented heights, including into the first playoff, including winning a Heisman, including, you know, struggling against Ohio State, but they could have won. Uh, obviously isn't coaching there anymore. He's at UCLA. Coach Mario Cristobal, we like. Um, yeah. Offensive coordinator Joe Moorhead, I love. He's been super creative with a team that's not great at throwing the football with Brown. Um, I don't care. I'm high on the Ducks. Quack, 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 quack. Give me Oregon. Right. It's going to take a lot more than a neat quarterback for for me to expect UCLA to beat Oregon, even at home. Although, here's the thing. You're going to love this. Let me have it. Although it's the number 10 team in the country, Oregon. UCLA favor by one point. Yeah. Let me be real clear about this. Oregon is ranked 10th. They are a fringe top 10 team. This is not a team that I consider playoff contender. Right? I don't necessarily expect them to win out. If they do, that's problematic, but it's also kind of determinate, and it would answer a lot of questions rather than create more. Right. If they lose this weekend, obviously it answers some other questions. I don't think it's happening, but again, I don't think they're elite. I think they're right on the fringe of maybe being able to potentially be elite, but they're just not there this year. Yeah. I think they can get it for big games, and if they can, like they did against Ohio State, they consider this a big game, then maybe they'll come out and they'll just show out and they'll beat them by three touchdowns. I don't know about that. Oregon but, hasn't beaten anybody by three touchdowns, really, for the most part. Well, yeah. And UCLA is playing good competitive competitive football, including throwing the ball quite a lot. Sure. Give me the Ducks. Yeah. That's where I'm going. Let's move on. All right. Uh, how about this? Actually, before we move on. Yes. Th- I want to highlight this real quick. Sure. Coastal Carolina. I didn't do a good enough job of telling people to watch the Chanticleers on Wednesday night. This is 2021 in a nutshell. Week 8 on a Wednesday night. We had another undefeated team lose. The number one rated offense in the country lost. Yeah. How much more could you ask for from this season? Now, again, I'm not happy that the Shants lost. I'm really not happy with App State. I am happy for Chase Bryce. I always liked the guy. Um, I don't know where he's going to go to school next year. He seems to change every year, and that's okay. <laughs> but I don't yeah. love that App State's 
defining history is beating ranked teams when nobody expects them to. They beat Michigan. That was the oh, last yeah. ranked team they beat. Chad, that was the standard definition era of television. That's how long ago it was. And we can talk about how good or bad oh, App yeah. State's SD, been, but they wow. haven't beaten the ranked team. I don't miss SD. I love HD. I'm not happy with how they beat Coastal. Coastal was still, and probably is still, excuse me, the number one rated offense in the country in a lot of statistical categories. Rather than, this just goes to show you, Gray, the shots weren't that good. No, 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 no. Grayson McCall was throwing great passes. He was doing great. These guys were dropping passes in their chest, determinate passes. App State was so far behind, they had to go for it on fourth down. And what did the Shants do? They got penalties on defense on fourth down three times to give App State these opportunities to stay in the game. That's what kept happening. Chase Bryce was throwing out of his mind against a secondary that's been outstanding against the pass. So I don't know what happened. It was a perfect storm. App State just happened to be there to break the best team in the state of South Carolina's hearts. I'm not happy about that. But it was a Wednesday, so I am happy about that. I honestly didn't even know they played college football on Wednesdays. And they I was, usually don't. But <laughs> I was flipping through, and I did see the game, and I watched part of the game. So, And, yeah. I was, yeah, I was not happy. Drew, I was like, they were the last undefeated oh, team we had in South Carolina. There is no truth. I'm disappointed they lost. I'm, I'm disappointed in it, too. Yeah. I'm not happy about it. Moving on. Okay, so uh, I got to run down um, pretty much most of the top 25 games. Uh, most of them, anyway. There, I might I might have left a Big 12 or Pac-10 or whatever the hell they call them. These the 10 teams stuff. from the Big 12 yeah, or whatever. the 12 teams from the Big 10? I a few of them out. I mean, like, uh, of course, this one was, wasn't SMU last night? Yes. Okay, so they what won. What did they do? They won. Yeah, they beat them bad. What was the spread? 13 points. Yeah, I can't remember if that was a lock for me or not. SMU is arguably the second best non-P5 team right now in the country. Again, I don't expect people to watch. I'm right. just not going to stop telling you you should, especially on a Thursday night. Give me a break. Yeah, it wasn't a lot on. Um, next, we oh, I was watching NBA. NBA's kickoff. There's says shut up. Yeah, I don't care yeah. No, I'm with you. Next, we don't need to talk very much about this game, but but I did mention because they're number three. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma plays the mighty Kansas, the who I believe is, has one win this year. They're 38.5 favorite point favorites. You know, while we've got Jace Bybee here, yes, I just want to say real quick that the Jayhawks put shame on your name, and I'm not happy for them. So go Boomer Sooner. Kick the butt out of the Jayhawks. They're a disgrace to, to the sport and to Lord James Curry Spivey. I think, <laughs> I, think, I think at this point they can put their basketball team out on the field and it might, it might, it might be better. I'm just maybe. Saying. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not yeah, sure how many que- questions it's going to answer for Oklahoma, but yeah. it's incidental. I'm really happy for them right now. Uh, I think we kind of mentioned this sort of already, but like Northwestern versus number six Michigan. Michigan's 23.5 point favorite. Yeah, so that's too much. I don't think they're going to cover that. Because they run, they run the ball a lot this year, right? Michigan so is kind of like Oregon. They, they're, they're ranked pretty high. They're undefeated. They've been getting better and better every week. They're certainly better than they've been in the last couple of years. For sure. They're going to beat Northwestern, but Northwestern won a football game last week, and they won it big. And I, I, Northwestern is one of those teams where I started to follow him more when Hunter Johnson went there, who was a former Clemson recruit. Yeah, the kid from Clemson. Yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah. and he got hurt, and uh, never, it never really resulted in much success for them. They're such a hit or usually a miss team. Yeah, I don't expect them to really be able to compete with Michigan's defense at all whatsoever. However, twenty three and a half points—it's just playing too much. Michigan, like Michigan fans, know that too. They'll tell yeah. you, like, "No, we're not. I, we're probably not beating them by fourteen four points, maybe." Yeah, that, that'd be my guess. Fourteen points, but they got okay. it. Two scores. I'll give them two um, scores. 
Illinois versus number seven Penn State. This is another twenty-three point spread. Yeah. So Illinois, their coach Brett Bielema, just buried his own team by saying, "Well, you know, I'm a new coach here. I didn't recruit these guys, and you know, a lot of these guys just aren't very good. And you know, there's not nothing I can do about that. And, and I'm thinking, you get paid six million dollars a year to do something about that, wow. buddy. And now you're going to play that. Penn State, who's angry because they lost. No, 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 no. The spread is what? 23? 23. It's too much, kind of, but it might happen. 23, like, that's, it's, I think it's right around 21. So let's yeah. say 24. Yeah. We are Penn State. Go get them. Now, this one I think could be interesting. Uh, I'm kind of pulling for them because they haven't been this good since 1944, by the way. Wow. Number 16, Wake Forest, who's 6-0, and plays at Army. Uh, Wake Forest, however, is just a three-point favorite. Um, I think that could be an interesting game. Wake Forest, I don't think, has ever won at Army, which is interesting. Three-point spread to Wake? Yeah. You're right. I don't know how to call this game. I want to stick with Wake just because I want to see another team I mean, stay undefeated. It's a, it's a feel-good story. I mean, like yeah. I said, 1944 is the last time I've been 6-0. I mean, it's... This is definitely a three-point game. Whoever wins is winning by a score or less. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um... I put them down, even though it hurts to talk about this team because um, they beat my Irish. But number two now, Cincinnati wow. uh, is a 20, 28 point favorite over poor Navy. Uh, I just I, now I feel bad for Navy because they just haven't been what they were the past couple years. So. Navy's an interesting team, but it's a twenty eight point spread, and they'll probably get it. Cincinnati can score some points. Navy runs clock, you know this. They will. Navy's actually been passing the ball some this year, which doesn't help them at all. No, it really doesn't. Cincinnati. Twenty-eight. I think, I think they'll get it. The last couple of games, they beat people like fifty-two to seven or something. I think Cincinnati so. is that good. They've also been getting better. I think a lot of people expect them to stay the same. No, no, no. They've been getting better. So twenty-eight. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot, but I'll take it. I don't care. Yeah. And then we got a old whiskey, Wisconsin. Yep. Versus Purdue. Yeah. Number twenty-five ranked Purdue now. By wow. the way. Uh, Wisconsin, uh, even though it's at Purdue, they're giving Wisconsin a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm, I'm going to take uh, Purdue by probably about a touchdown. I love seeing defenses win football games. But they're not going to be able to stop Purdue and score enough to win. No, no, oh, no. See, now I wish you would have just let that ring. <laughs> I don't know a, a, an Irish fan that doesn't have the Irish song as their ringtone. <laughs> That's uh, Jay Spivey you hear uh, dying. Yes, because he's the Clemson fan. So, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. He doesn't um, love Notre Dame. You know what that's like, right? Yeah, I'm sure you do. Oh yeah. So um, skip that one. Yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, we'll talk. Yeah, later. Tennessee, Alabama, twenty-five. I took it at twenty-eight. So yeah, let yeah, me have it. Uh, we mentioned them earlier, but uh, you know, uh, Ohio State number five, twenty-one point favorite versus Indiana. Uh, yeah, I'll go with that, man. Twenty-one. That, that feels right. Indiana is just—they're just not who we thought they were going to be. I mean, they were not at really all. good last year. They're just not this year. They're not. And meanwhile, Ohio State's actually been incredible on offense. Right. I think everybody but kind no of forgot about them because, about it because they lost the one game, and now it was like, oh yeah, oh well, it's on the road, isn't that scary? Like, no, 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 no. Really, so in no. fact, I've got that as a lock of the week for me. Ohio State big. Yeah, and uh, one of most uh, Clemson fans' favorite teams, NC State, number eighteen. Uh, they are a three and a half oh, point favorite at Miami. You know, I don't think three and a half is high enough. Uh, yeah, and, and Jay, who was big Clemson, he's agreeing with me. Yeah, it's no, I think they're going to be my Miami's just. We could devote a lot. We don't have the time to devote to what's wrong with Miami. Let's, they we got can, problems. We can start with injuries. They've been they got energy. Yeah, destroyed by injuries. They have. I mean, they're just yeah, because there are quarterbacks out though that Derek. Uh, what's what was the quarterback's name? Uh, but he's out. 
Yeah, yeah King. Derek King. Yeah, D- Derek King. I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean he's. Yeah, the, yeah. it's tragic. I, yeah. I was really hopeful for right. Him this so year. I think it's going to be way more than three and a half. But yeah, NC State's definitely going to take it. Um, to me, that's also easy money. Like yeah. I know it's at Miami. I don't. I don't care. What, what have people seen from Miami to make us think that NC State, yeah. who I think is going to compete for the ACC title, yeah. I don't expect them to lose. I just don't see an opportunity for them to lose this game. That's all. Yeah, and uh, and one of the last games we'll talk about. We talked about this a little <laughs> bit last night, and I, I mean, I hate to agree with you, but you know, because you said this last time, South Carolina versus A and M, who's seventeenth. Next A and M's nineteen point favorite. They're going to win. They're going to cover. I think they're going to cover. And you know, South Carolina, looking at their schedule, like you pointed out last night, they're going to. I think they're probably going to be four and eight. Maybe they'll get another. But I mean, they're not going to bowl game this year. But I guess it is first year of the new head coach. So at A and M, then they got to play Florida. They got to play Clemson, and the only possible win is Missouri. I mean, Calzada did great. I'm sorry, Texas A&M's quarterback Calzada did great against Alabama. Beat him. Yeah. Right. He did not do great against Missouri and still beat the spread. I called that one. Yeah. I, he doesn't have to do great to beat South Carolina, who it no. took a late game push by their, I don't even want to say backup, by their bench guy, Luke Doty, to come back and win the football game. He had a great final drive. I thought they put the uh, graduate assistant well, to do the That's final what drive. I'm talking about. Did I get the wrong guy? Doty was the, the actually the four star starting quarterback. See? Just goes Daddy, to show Daddy's you. out with foot surgery all the rest of the Right, yeah. So what, now it's, why can't I remember his name? Because it's a good Nolan, story. Something. Nolan. I jokingly yeah, call him sorry. a water boy, but is that really? But he was like, started off the season as a graduate assistant, and then they're like, hey, you got a year of eligibility left. We need a quarterback. And it's that's a cool the, story. It is, it is. And he's won, actually, he's won every game he's won, but, you know. In all fairness, this week, the reason why we're doing it on Friday is because I was supposed to have a Gamecock super fan on J.D. Davis. Jennifer Davis on this week. I'll still have her on later in the in the year, but I wanted to have her on this week because I knew they were going to beat Vanderbilt, and I told everybody that. Nobody believed me until it actually happened, yeah. even though it took a while. Oh, that was pretty. Yeah, it was at yeah. the end, but yeah, right. so I didn't have to know. I wasn't. I didn't have to be prepared. Yeah, it's right. My sticking podcast. Yep. Very true. <laughs> and then uh, okay, so then, but, then yeah, uh, Gamecocks are going to get throttled. I right. hate to say it, but that's so then we have uh, one of the one of the more marquee games of the of the day. Uh, Chad, USC. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Please. USC Thank you. versus number 13. Go on. Notre Dame. We're a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, some call it the greatest intersectional rivalry in college football. <laughs> Just saying. Well, I might agree with that statement or not. It, it's our 92nd meeting. Of course, we missed it last year. It is the famed battle for the jeweled shillelagh, my friend. The jeweled shillelagh. Yes. I'm wearing a shillelagh underneath my uh, pants right now. Yeah, as usual. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... You know, I would definitely have to say, I mean, our offensive line seems to be making some progress after, like, at Virginia Tech. They seem to gel a little bit better. And uh, I, I'm going to I'm gonna say probably 10, 14. I'm, I'm going to go with two touchdowns. I'm going to say I'm, I'm actually, we're six and a half. I'm going to say two touchdowns. I think we kind of clean it up and wow. continue. Yeah. You you really are a self-deprecating Conan O'Brien Notre Dame. <laughs> because I'm here to tell you, Notre Dame's going to win by four scores. Well, SoCal is determinant on one guy on offense to catch the ball. Notre Dame's defense, like him or not, but they're going to be able to key well, in yeah, on it. Yeah, Drake London, and he's got the stats, and because I, I just kind of caught my eye. He's got the second most catches in the country, right. and he's fourth in uh, like most yards. But like you said, and anybody knows, all you got to do is double-team the guy. I and mean, if that's their one big weapon, you double-team him. 
He'll have plays, but also have plays, but yeah. Notre Dame. Words to say to that. Please. <laughs> what does that have to do with it? <laughs> oh, that's true. No, that's a good point because he's going to have some yards. He's going to have some. Catches. Oh, he is. I mean, they're, they're he's, definitely. He's going to hurt you, Chad. Right. You're, you're going to see it happen. You're not going to love it, but it's not going to be enough. Notre Dame's defense is. Notre Dame's offensive line isn't, but I still think Kyron Williams is going to be able to run enough. I think not having your quarterback and knowing who he is hasn't hurt Notre Dame. I don't expect it to happen against right. SoCal. However, the guys that y'all have on offense who catch balls haven't been catching them great. Right. And Except for our tight end. <laughs> great. And he's been outstanding. What's his name, Mayer? Yeah, Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer. I just love saying that. Oh, it's great. And the home games? They play the Halloween. And I love his movies, Halloween. Yeah. It's great. It's like here's Blasting the Stadium. It's great. I love it. That is cool. Perfect yeah. timing, right? It, However, exactly, yeah. all these other guys have been dropping balls a they lot. Have. But yes. a 60% for arguably your best, your most talented receiver, I don't expect that to continue. I just don't. I never have. I never will. Same thing with Clemson. That's what, We'll get to that in a minute. But yeah. against SoCal, after a bye week, sorry. I, I really do think Notre Dame's going to throttle SoCal tomorrow. And I hope you're right, and I'm not going to actually disagree with you because I th- think you might be. So there we go. With that said, thank you again. Do you got anything else you want to say? Because I really want to talk to Jay Spivey now. I understand that. We discussed this earlier because uh, since we actually have a true Clemson fan sitting right next to us, I think who better to give us their the Gamecock take- graduate, by the way. <laughs> who better to give us? What do you go see as well? Uh, who better to give us their take on their team than? The man himself. Well, me, but we're that Jay. No, no. Jay just sounds better, so we're yeah. gonna have him on here. Exactly. Thank you, Chad. You got anything else you want to say before I pause this? Uh, go Irish. Okay. That's it. Good. Congratulations. Thanks again, Chad. Uh, anytime. I'll fix it later. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Gray Zone. I'm Gray Thompson, and I'm joined by the greatest of all time, <laughs> Lord James Curry Spivey. Well, thank you for the great introduction. I don't know about the greatest of all time. I do. I'm here to tell you. But I am in the greatest in my mind. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to keep this part real short. Yes. But, Jay, I love you to death. Uh, I wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for you. Like it or not, that's the truth. I wouldn't be doing a lot of things in my life. I'm so happy and thankful for you. I'm glad you're here today. This was a nice surprise, too. We didn't plan this. I couldn't say no. I couldn't say anything, but I've got to get Jay to talk to me today. I love you, brother. Thank you for being here. And you know what? Slanchava. Slanchava to the Royal Holland Fusiliers. Mm. Well, let me tell you how much I agree with your sentiment, and my life is so much better because you're in it. Oh, gross. Okay. You know, I'm just saying. There's no accounting for taste. That's right. (laughs) And you you taste good. Jay Spivey (laughs) is the... uh, Senior editor and publisher for the number one magazine in the number one sports media market in the country, Greenville, South Carolina. It's FET Greenville Magazine, F-E-T-E, Greenville, FETGreenville.com. It's all free, it's all digital, and it's all—it's nothing but championships, Jay. Nothing but championships. FET it be, man. Always. Um, let's get into the game real quick. When I say the game, I mean Clemson traveling on the road after one extra day to prepare because they played on Friday. So their first time at Pitt. Did you know they've never played there before? I did know, but that's only because you told me like three or four weeks ago. Thank you for listening. And the interesting thing, I mean, Pitt, I mentioned at the beginning of the season to you that I wanted to go to this game because you and I should be there just to hear (laughs) Sweet Caroline being sung. Because I think that's one of the coolest little college traditions, and they do it with such vim and vigor 
that I'd like to do that. But really, to me, the highlight of the Clemson game is going to be the student section at Pitt singing Sweet Caroline. Really? I think Clemson's going to get absolutely crushed. Are they going to? Oh, wow. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Are they going to broadcast the Sweet Caroline thing, do you think? I, I wish they would, and you know yeah. they'll probably on TV do some highlight thing, you know, at the end of the half or something to kind of yeah. talk about it or whatever. Because to me, it's just fun college football stuff, you know. And I've always liked Pitt for some reason. And I guess because, you know, it's kind of like Alabama or whatever. When I was growing up as a kid in the 60s and 70s, I just thought of Pitt as being a great school. And I don't know why that is. Yeah, but I don't I did. either. But I did, you know. Okay. I didn't really think about Pitt. And uh, who was it that played for Pitt back in the day? Was it Dorsett? Sure. So I remember Dorsett and okay. Clemson played against Pitt. I mean, Clemson played against Pitt and lost in the gate. And I think it was the Gator Bowl. Got beat pretty bad. Okay. And then it was the next year that Clemson got a whole lot better and then won their first national championship. But <laughs> it was like our exposure to here's a really good team. Okay. And Dorsett, and I was just amazed at how good he was. Yeah, you know? and continued to be, frankly. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't remember that. Clearly, before my time. Yeah. A little bit. But I, ju- I just feel like, you know, the crew's going to show up. The defense is going to play well. Okay. Uh, Pickett isn't the Pickett of last year, just like DJ's not the DJ of last year. I mean, they're the opposite, they've, though. They've Pickett's switched, been better. They've switched sides. Yeah. Um, somehow or another, and we talked about this a couple of days ago, DJ is either being overcoached or they've changed the way he does everything. His release, his setup, how he drops back, all that, and he gets those happy feet, and that's a sign of a guy that does not trust what he's doing. It's not the play calling. It's not anything else other than they have they have looks like they have tried to change DJ this year mm-hmm. and he's not the free swinging gunslinger guy that we saw last year in a couple of games just absolute on a rope pick people apart yeah and now he's hesitant and that's a that's a golf swing change you know like you're not sure of of your ability to be able to do what you're supposed to do i like that as opposed to you would watch a Deshaun Watson or a Trevor Lawrence, and not necessarily in their first year, and definitely later, but it was artistic. To be fair, they were that good in their yeah, first year. But artistic, and we've talked about that over the years, that there's there when Clemson's offense is artistic, balletic, then it's like, holy crap, get out of the way. Yeah. And they beat an Alabama, or they beat someone like that, and you think, well, the other team's got more talent, but holy cow, this is an artistic group. Clemson has none of that feel this year because they're missing some, so many new people, and you know it's just not working the way that it normally we're used to it. But we just got to get used to the idea that they're probably going to lose to Pitt, they're probably going to lose to Wake Forest, and that South Carolina game I think is going to come down to a field goal. I think okay. it's good because I think South Carolina is going to play you. play tough, and Clemson's going to have a tough road to hoe. I'm not looking ahead to that game. No, yeah, I can't. Involved. Yeah, I think. Or the flip side is there's that 10 percent chance that all of a sudden, bam, Clemson wakes up tomorrow. We're all in shock, 
and and they win the game yeah. by thirty eight points. Go You're on. like, what the hell happened? <laughs> but I'm a realistic. Clemson, you sound like me. I'm a realistic Clemson fan. Sure, based on decades of experience Great. of teams that get to this point with Clemson that you're not sure of, they're not just going to wake up the next day and all of a sudden play stellar football. Yeah, this is their team, and we have to live with the idea that this is their team. Yeah, this team, however, has held Kenny Pickett to next to nothing right. before, and largely the same group of O-linemen and wide receivers and things like that. Yeah. They've done it before. I would be less surprised to see the defense do anything but great yeah, the in defense, this game than right. the offense to suddenly erupt. Like I, I keep so. expecting them to, and I and I'm I'm hopeful. I'm just not optimistic. You know, I understand. <laughs> and it's kind of to me, it's like one's like a dream of going to Disneyland, and yeah. the others like when you wake up in the morning and take the first steps and you're groggy. One's real world, and you may not like it. <laughs> the other is kind of like hopeful and fun and fantasy like. That's and, me. You know, and I just don't. I mean, it, I wouldn't be surprised if Pitt won by 21, 28 points. Oh, I would. Again, mostly due to the nature of the defense. The defense yeah. is really good. Yeah, and then so in particular against a relatively check. one-dimensional team, right? It's not that Pitt can't run. It's that I don't expect them to do nearly as much. Yeah, but it's it's college, so... There's the man himself. Either, it's Adi Sully either right person, here. Either person. <laughs> <laughs> Beer Fignogan. <laughs> and I tell you, Hans and Franz Beer Garden, yes. every Friday, 4 o'clock, Jace Spivey's at attendance. Anybody that needs to come out and just kind of relax for a little bit, that is the time to come Everybody. Out. We already talked about Hans and Franz, but I don't yeah. care. We're going to talk about Hans and Franz Beer Garden again. Adi, thank you. We're so stoked to be here today, thank man. You. Every time we come here. Don't worry, I will cue the best later. Yeah, yes. I want you on the podcast. I just want to confuse my listeners. <laughs> But thank you. We're super glad to be here. This is paradise right here. I got Jay on here. That was a nice surprise. It is paradise. I got Adi on here. I'm living my best life. It's hard to beat. Thank you again, Adi. Love it, man. I love it. We're having the best day here. And In fact, you know what, Jay? You're not wrong. I am kind of prepared for Clemson to lose at Pitt pretty bad yeah. for their third loss this year. I wasn't yeah. prepared... I was prepared for Clemson to lose at Pitt before the season started. They looked like the most competitive team on the schedule outside of Georgia. Again, I was prepared for that, too. But I saw that Clemson could win that game and maybe still potentially lose to Pitt. Kenny Pickett has been outstanding. He's one of the best, most efficient quarterbacks in the league. This he went to the Manning Earl. Passing Academy. Yeah. yeah, and he... I said, Good point. He went to the Manning Passing Academy... Peyton Manning sat him down and said, are you playing your best? He said, no. And he said, okay, listen to me. And he, and he did. Yeah. Right? Kenny Pickett has gotten better. He's 21 touchdowns to one interception. Like he's, he's not just better at throwing the ball. He's Joe efficient. Burrow. I mean, it is, it is the best example. And really, tomorrow is going to be That's exactly what the said. telling tale of whether that really is. And if it is, I mean, like any college game, any quarterback comes out and goes 15 for 15 in the first half, they're generally going to be beating or tied with literally anybody they're playing. True. So all he has to do is have a good first half. Clemson, if they get 14, 17 behind, can't catch up. That's a Not problem. this year. Right. So, so Clemson's scoring roughly, what, 18 points a game? Right. That's so Clemson's got to win 14-10 or something like that. Pitt is averaging 48.5 points right. a game. Right. That's, that's why I, it's crazy. Clemson may hold them to 24, but what's Clemson going to do? You're and that's where I think they're going to have. going to dance. They're going to celebrate all night Saturday night yeah. when they win at Pitt. Well, I hope they do. I just, 
I am prepared for it not to be the case. I understand. I just keep watching this team making so many fundamental mistakes. Like yeah. last week, for example, it wasn't the same. It was new mistakes. Now the, the wide receivers aren't putting their effort into blocking right. Right. And, and catching balls and not catching balls. And, and Justin Ross caught a ball that he tweaked his ankle on, so he drops and, the ball. And, and let me ask, you know, because this is the unknown that we don't know and we're not going to know probably till the end of the season when people can talk about it. Sure. Key figures transferring out of the program has to have an effect. The The effect of it may not be that, hey, we lost a running back or a wide receiver that's really not playing much or whatever. Go on. They are buddies of the other people that are wide receivers. They're Some of them. buddies of the other people on the team and, and generally are, but enough of that happens and you're not excelling as a team. I think can have an effect and you combine that with social media and all that kind of junk going on the outside noise that Clemson is not used to this year Okay, and I think that can have an effect on the morale of the team and we may get to the wake in South Carolina games especially if they lose to Pitt uh. and find that Clemson doesn't has a morale problem not an offensive scoring problem that's you know? interesting. That, that's but it, a really good point, Jay. And yeah. I think, you know, the really transfer portal for all of sports in the last two years is tens of thousands of students. Right. At some, how many How many have entered the portal from Clemson this year? Three, four, five. How many this week? One, two. Is that, is that why you're talking two? about it? Well, no, I just think it's an accumulative effect. Because I hear what you're saying, and that right. sounds great. In, yeah, exactly. yeah. It sounds great in theory. In practice, They're losing in reality, one every couple of weeks is what it comes out to. I forget his name, and I hate it because it's very specific to him. He didn't just transfer out. He right. wasn't just unhappy with Clemson. Do you know about this story? It sounds like you don't. So I'm going to yeah. fill you in. He walked up to Coach Sweeney and said, look, I'm struggling. I'm not really happy. I'm thinking about going closer to home. And he walked into his office and talked to him face-to-face and said, Coach, can you help me? And his coach helped him make a decision. Rather than do it behind his back and the coach finds out the hard way, it becomes this toxic thing. Like To me, it's a story that deserves to be celebrated for the morale. The thing is, though, if you're undefeated at this point of the season, generally those conversations don't happen. Not necessarily in this case, though, is what I'm saying. But all I'm saying is morale is morale. Yes, there is no reason for Clemson to have great morale today as a team. Okay. And Regardless yet they still of while they're transferring. <laughs> we think they do. We won't know until the end of the season. It sounds like they do. From the guys who now, for example, Darian right. Rencher, who has a voice, who has his own podcast, the way right. he talks about it. And he's not just talking alone. He's talking to other guys on the team. They don't right. sound like they're lacking morale. They sound like a team that sounds like they're going to kick Pitt's butt again. Right. Like That's the way, that's what I see. Well, and again, I, I'm probably wrong, but... Go Tigers. I'm still staying on that side. But they have to do that right now. Okay. We'll know more at the end of the season about the morale of the team and the coaches and see which coaches leave and which ones get hired away. And Maybe. We'll get the fallout from whether Clemson loses two games this year or five. Okay. And well, we'll know. Your, to your point, it's kind of up to the, the team captains and whatnot to yeah. kind of help keep the morale right. up, even if they don't necessarily believe all of it. But right. like you said, we'll find out in the season. But right now, even if the morale's low, it's up to those guys, even if they don't believe it 100%, to try to get the younger guys. Justin Ross, for example, yeah. has yeah. had really bad uh, body chemistry out there, so to speak. He's shown everybody that he's not happy with the way things are going. The NFL looks at that. This is a, a season for him to prove that he deserves to be in the NFL. Make no mistake, he's going to get right. drafted. He's that talented. But his body, his bo- what is, what's the term I'm looking for? Yeah, his body chemistry is... 
the way he holds himself and that you can tell, and I'm not specific about Clemson on this, but one thing in college that you, I'm sure the coaches coach them on, if you don't know what the play is or you're confused or something, don't throw your hands up in the air on national television saying, you know, basically what the hell are y'all doing? Right. Can you tell me something? Because it looks bad. And so it's not just Clemson, but any school. But yet that's happened a few times this year when yeah. you're realizing that quarterback, wide receiver, running back, offensive lineman, defensive lineman, whoever it is, that just seems to be happening more. So Justin so, Ross in particular. Right. And so I look at it as, again, it's kind of a, yeah, you're not you're not executing correctly. You're not doing the little things that it takes to be artistic. But it's also a morale issue. Because when things are going well and morale is high, you're not throwing your hands up in the air going, what the hell are y'all doing? Right. And that's where this kind of creeps in and and win or lose tomorrow. If they win big, Clemson's going to be on a roll, and we know it. If they don't, then there's going to be more hands being raised during play calling and everything else the rest of the season because morale is going to go down. So we are at that turning point for Clemson's season yeah, tomorrow. That's, that's, that's yeah, it's time, you know, and they want to, so to speak, man up and win this game. And they're going to fight so hard this particular game because they know it's now or never because lose this game and any hopes of anything are gone. You know who else knows that better than anybody? Coach Brett Venables. Yeah. So it's going to be a hard-hitting, mean football game at Pitt tomorrow. You're right. And plus, when is the last time, because I don't know, you might know, that Clemson regular season wasn't favored. Right. It was 2014 or something like that? Okay, it's been good. a while. And the, li- and the line's out And there. they won that game, by the way. And Wake is now favored by three over Clemson. Yeah. That's interesting. So there's it's it's now of you know it's put up or shut up time to a degree, and I hope Clemson comes through because they got great coaching staff, great players, great talent, great talent. They just need to have a a good game, and a good game rocks the world of college football. Do you think they can potentially play better than Western Michigan, who beat Pitt at home? You'd like to think so. I do think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, truly. So again, what happened in that game? He right. threw five picks, I think, or was it four? It doesn't matter. Right. You think right. Clemson can't get that? I right. do. Right. But can they score? That's the problem. And I still see so much potential for them to score. To stop screwing up so bad. To I think stop gonna... being the worst-ranked offense in the league accidentally Man. can happen. And like Maybe we... not against Pitt, but I'm siding on it. Go Tigers. Like we talked about before, put DJ under center. And yeah. let him run the run. Why not? That way. Okay. Because when they did that in the last game, it was amazing how successful it was. And I just would love to see them pound a game like that. It was. It defined the first quarter of that right. game against Syracuse. And then it right. vanished. What, right. what, what is that? Like, like, why do you stop calling plays that work? Maybe they didn't. Maybe he took a hit and started running more RPOs. That's what it looked like. But I, he didn't seem hurt. And again, yeah. he's tough. He's getting yeah. sacked anyway. And he gets right back up. So that's not the problem. I, 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 again, to your point, I think it's in his head. I don't know how you fix that. Right. Again, if you can't fix it at Clemson, I don't know where you can go that's going to be better prepared to fix it. You they have got the yips? Yes. That's what yes. Exactly, yeah. I think they've coached yeah. him into a different style and way of being DJ. And because they've done that. I can't believe said, that's exactly he's what He's sitting said. back there with happy feet in the pocket and he's setting up to throw differently than he did a year ago. This is a gun-slinging quarterback. Oh, yeah. And they have they it looks like they're trying to coach that out of him and do the progression 
specific, here's the thing, and I think he's just not that guy. Plus, he's making bad throws. Plus, right, when he right. makes good throws, his receivers are catching. It's a perfect storm. And the, bad, and the bad throws are not because he can't throw. They've changed the way he sets up to throw. They have changed the way DJ plays the game, and that's not the man he is. I'll, I'll, I'll add this. This is a little bit of a caveat. Trevor Lawrence had sort of a similar problem his yeah. first year. He threw the ball too fast. He threw the yeah. ball literally faster than anybody throwing the ball in the NFL. Right? Yeah, DJ, you was, was bigger, stronger, faster. They used to bring that up as a stat, and yeah. they were showing. I mean, he was too hard. It's not, you're right. It's not necessarily a good thing. Trevor right. developed touch. He would throw bombs and he would overthrow left and right. Yeah. DJU's kind of doing the same thing. He throws too hard, too fast. These guys are making some of those catches sometimes. He lacks touch. Trevor Lawrence, in spite of not having the same number of wins the next two years, yeah. had way better touch. He's showing yeah. that now at Jacksonville, who finally won a football game. They had to travel across the ocean with a with a walk-on kicker who they just signed the past week. He was a, 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 a computer scientist two weeks ago. Now he won the Jaguars' first game of the year. It's, it's right. hilariously funny. Right. That's but again, I digress. Trevor Lawrence is arguably the best player on that team for sure, and he's oh, yeah. only gotten better. DJU has the yips or whatever you want to call it yeah. this year, the sophomore slump. That's exactly. Sure. I just, it's got to change because we've seen it before enough times for me to not say that I wouldn't expect it ever to happen again. Is it going to happen tomorrow? I don't know. Probably not. But I hope it does, and I'm erring yeah. on maybe it will just on accident. So there we have it. I want to agree with you, and I feel hopeful. It's just, I don't know, there's a sick feeling in the pit of my stomach, sure. so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> But I still want to see them sing Sweet Caroline. Yeah, that'll be fun. And again, beating Clemson means a lot to a lot of teams. Yes. And Kenny Pickett is not a bad guy. No. He's done really great by his NIL to support his team and invites his O-lineman a, a big dinner. And you know who needs to meet with Peyton Manning in the offseason? Me. DJ. DJ. Hey, no, you're it not would, wrong. It would do DJ a lot of good. Would or will. I mean, it just would be awesome to get him with, you know, the greatest the greatest quarterback whisper to quarterbacks. He deserves that yeah. opportunity. In the meantime, go Tigers. Wow. That's all I'm going to say. Jay, thank go you Tigers. for being here. Thank you thank for you. everything you've done for me. Thank, thank you, you for Fett Greenville Magazine, FettGreenville.com. Thank Thanks you for, for being, being on the gray zone. Thank you for being gray. Always, man. I do my best. Um, roll Tide. Go Irish. Go Tigers. Beat everybody. Congratulations to Alabama again for beating every team from the state of Mississippi in the span of a month. <laughs> I, I'll never get tired of stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> And that's why you're on the gray zone. Thanks, y'all. Not red, not blue, not white, not green, just gray. Let me be a part. I didn't realize that I was going.